Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Woven, Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our series on mothering. We're calling it the four keeps of mothering Mm -hmm. and um, F-O-U-R and F-O-R because we're funny. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got keep laughing, keep relating, Mm -hmm. keep creating and keep caring. And so today we have the girls from or the women. I I have this new thing going on where I don't want to call us girls anymore. And then I keep saying it. It's really frustrating me. I have the women on from the mom. Don't say you're sorry for saying it, though. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we have um, the women on from the mom wants more. Moms want more or mom Mom wants wants more. more? Mom wants more. I'm not very good with my plurals. Mom wants more podcast. So will you guys go ahead and introduce yourself? Amber, we'll start with you. Hi, everybody. I'm Amber Salas, um, Alana's co-host. And yeah, I'm so excited to be here. And Amber, where do you live? So I live in Southern Oregon. We live kind of out here, super small town. We live out in the country on a little farm. I say farm not because we grow food and sell it, but because we collect animals like it's our job. (laughs) Are you in like wine country, Oregon? Yeah, we're near it. Like nice. right here in Applegate, there's tons of beautiful wineries and oh, stuff. Cool. So, I, yeah. My husband and I love Oregon. Um, he used to have to do a lot of work in Portland, so we would kind yeah. of explore a little bit. Um, but we plan on going back to do the wine country stuff, so I'm super excited about that. Very beautiful, yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then how many kids do you have? So I have two kiddos. Um, my daughter, Bella, is 12 and a half. My son, Jackson, is almost 10. Um, so we're like right on the cusp of a lot of change and, yes. you know, things are things are happening fast, but it's a really fun season. And you've been married for how long? 17 years this August. Yeah, well, we're going to be yeah. 18 years this August. So, yes, we're, we're definitely old. <laughs> I'm just, I have such mixed feelings about this because I'm like really proud to say like we've been married for 17 years, but I don't like it because it makes me feel a little bit like an old lady. Yeah, Rebecca <laughs> Pete could have a whole podcast about that. We sure could because I'm turning, <laughs> I'm turning 40 in October. And so I'm turning 40 in October. We're having our 18 year anniversary in August. So I'm having major like issues with that's right. Milestones. <laughs> yes, major milestones. My daughter's turning 10 this year. Like, it's like all of these, like, milestones in the same year. So, <laughs> anyways. Okay. Thank you, Amber. Yes. Okay. And it is a Elena. Uh, how do you pronounce it? So I do it right. It's Elena. I always tell Alana. people it's like... Atlanta without the T's. That's well, we're an easy in Atlanta, so, and that's how people who are Southern say Atlanta. It is Atlanta. 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 Yeah. Atlanta not yeah. But yeah. Yes. 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 So there you go. So I'm Alana Dawson and um, I, let's see, I've been married for 16 years, which is that milestone of like, we've been now together longer than we ever had been Uh like apart almost, you know, which is, I don't like saying that. I don't know. I just, I still want to be young. (laughs) um, I have two girls close in age to Amber's. My girls are 12 and nine. um, And I live outside uh, Boise, Idaho, but I've lived all over. We're a military family, military spouse. um, And so, yeah, kind of lived all over. Awesome. Okay. So mom want more. Mom wants more. I am. You're doing great. You're doing yeah. great. It's summer beach rain. It's, <laughs> it's fine. I just got back from the beach. So I am in total vacation mode. Okay. Mom wants more podcast. Let me know the history. How did it get started? 
Yeah. So I started the podcast in February of 2018 and really it was kind of created. I'm a writer. That's how I started out in this whole, this whole gig um, to encourage women wrote for military spouses for a little bit, pivoted. Um, and kind of after a near death experience, I realized um, honestly that none of us get a guarantee of time. Mm-hmm. And so many women are waiting and wishing and putting off their dreams for everybody else's. And I just had this, felt this real call and need to help women step into that. And so started the podcast in order to do that. And um, had Amber on at episode number 16. And little did we know how much our visions and our messages aligned. And we like to say that we started talking and we just never stopped. She came on as my summer co-host. And then I said, hey, do you think maybe you want to do this with me full time? And she was like, eh, yeah, cool, we'll do it. So uh, and how did you guys um, meet? How did you have her on as your guest? So we knew each other from Hope Writers. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm in Hope Writer, so that's how I. Yes. That's how I know. I know Amber a little bit better because we were we were on we were in a Hope Circle together, and then okay. yeah, I, yes. so I see I see you guys in Hope Writer, so I know that that was the connection. That's awesome. So yeah, and so, so that's so you had her on because of that because of Amber what what Amber writes about. I'm assuming drew you to her yep. for the podcast. Awesome. So Amber, will you explain a little bit about like kind of what your ministry is and what you write about and why you're on the podcast? Yeah. So I started writing probably like about five years ago. I've always loved it. But um, I think for a lot of years, I was just in the thick of that having really little kids at home and feeling sort of like I was, I loved that season of life. It's where my heart was, but it's also sort of an engulfing season Mm -hmm. where it kind of starts to feel like it's your main identifier is like this season of life. (laughs) Um, And I always thought that I wasn't a creative person. Like I would say that like, oh, I'm just not creative because I always sort of put creativity in a box. But then once my kids got to school age and I started having a little bit more time in my day to be like, what do I want to do? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Um, I started blogging, fell in love with it, realized I am being creative and like everybody's creative in some way or another, which I know sounds so obvious, but to me, it was really like a light bulb moment. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. So that's what I started writing about. And I think it was a blog post that Alana read that like something sparked and she was like, will you come be a guest on my podcast? Which it was so funny because right before she had asked me that, I had met Alana at the workshop and we chatted, dug each other, but didn't really like keep in touch or have much of a connection beyond that. But I remember watching um, in Hope Writers, they used to do these Tuesday together, like kind of like a live Zoom call where people would get to be in the hot seat and kind of like work Mm -hmm. through something. And Alana was in the hot seat and she was trying to decide if she was ready to start a book proposal. And so they were asking her like, well, what's your message? And like, what's your audience? And what's your book about? And everything she said was like exactly the same as mine. And I remember having this, like, if I'm being totally honest, like this sort of panic moment of like, that's my book. Cause I was working on a book proposal. Yeah. And then I immediately was like, Nope. Like if there's one thing we've learned in hope writers, it's like, there's scarcity is a lie. Like even if we did have the same message, there's no reason why we couldn't compliment each other. And so I like immediately had that thought and then like squashed it and was like, if I ever get the chance to like support her, I'm going to do it. And then in a twist of God and fate, she asked me to come on the podcast like a week later. And I was like, yes, I would love to. And then we just kind of clicked and realized we had so much we wanted to talk about and deep dive this concept of like encouraging women, but really moms, especially 
to uncover and pursue what makes them come alive and not wait for a convenient time. And so Alana so bravely and generously just like invited me into this thing with her and we are having so much fun. It's awesome. And does it come out weekly? Is that, is that your goal? Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you're like us, you're a weekly podcast. Yep. Awesome. So you do it all long distance. And some yes, ways I think do. maybe it would be easier. I know we're like, <laughs> cause we live on the exact opposite sides of Atlanta. And if you know anything about Atlanta, the traffic is very similar to like LA or something. And yeah. so it is always, I mean, it, it, we, we're always late to each other's houses. Yeah. So it is work to get to each other's houses. I mean, I'm glad that we get to do it together in person. Yes. But um, it also would be nice to just like get on Skype sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So um, getting back to the, well, you know, both of you guys hit on this idea of moms giving up their pursuits for um, just, you know, being a mom, kind of like losing the identity. And so one of the things we want to talk about is why do you think that women feel the press, that pressure or just like naturally, like what, or subconsciously drop their personhood to care for their families? Why, what do you think the motivation is behind that? Oh man, such a good question. I've been thinking about that since you sent these questions out early. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of it is that they don't think we don't think about what we're doing at the time. We're just trying to meet the needs of, Mm -hmm. you know, spouses and kids, and we're trying to check all the boxes. And um, I think maybe some of it is a message that we get um, depending on how we were raised and, and where we live and all that. But honestly, I think a lot of it is so subconscious is that we're just trying to be the best mom we can be. And for a lot of us, we don't know before we become moms, we don't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's at least my story is I was a young mom married early and I didn't, I didn't know any other way. You know, I never had a mom. My mom worked full time. She was a teacher. And so I saw her working and balancing that, but I never saw, but she didn't have time for her creative pursuits, you know, maybe in the summers when we were off. And so really that's, that's what I think. I don't know. Amber, what do you think? Yeah, I don't even know if it's always like a conscious felt pressure to not pursue those things. It's just, I think sometimes that can be such a engulfing season of life, especially in the early years of motherhood, new motherhood. I mean, it's, you know, it's all different. Each season has its own advantages and disadvantages. But I know for me, like when my kids were little, like motherhood was like my heart's biggest desire for as long as I could remember. And it was like, I was here and I was living it and I was doing it. But then there was also like very subterranean underneath the surface. There's sort of like an ache and a longing because if once you become a mom, it's like, I don't know, like I feel like so many women feel like they lose pieces of themselves. Yeah. And I don't know that that's really the case. I think that they, they're still there, but we just lose touch with them because yeah. we're busy. We're kind of swallowed whole by that minutia of the day of like sippy cups and PBJs and trips to the grocery store and <laughs> diaper changes and, and not to like downplay any of that. Like all of that is magical and meaningful and lovely, but there's these these pieces of pieces of ourselves that start to feel lost, like our creativity and our audacity and our ability to dream. And I think that we have to make an intentional effort to uncover those things and to hold on to them because yeah. it's so easy to just put everybody else's needs in front of our own. 
Yeah. So I don't know how you feel, Rebecca, but I, for me, so I, I did work for a bit and that our listeners know this, but I did work for a bit. And then I started staying home when my second child was born and mine was more of a, like kind of a forced situation. It wasn't a um, elected um, decision. And, um, and since then it's been elected cause I could have always found another job. Right. But, um, it's kind of, it was kind of God pressing on me that that was what I was supposed to do. And so, um, but I remember thinking that that's what a mom you were supposed to do. And I don't mm-hmm. know where that came from, but it was this, if you were a good mom and you've chosen this path of staying home or, or working from home, then you it needed to look this way, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And um, that did not include taking care of yourself or um, following your own pursuits or having an identity outside of being a mom. And I don't think I ever verbalized these things, but they were just there, you know, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that if I was a good mom, that I would suppress those things. And then mm-hmm. if I allowed those things to be a part of who I was, then I wasn't as good of a mom. And th- those are my own issues. Yeah, like no, there was nobody, I, there was nobody actually saying those things. I mean, culturally, maybe you get some of that in the church or yeah. whatever, but like it, it was my own internal pressure of, so I've made this choice to be a stay at home mom. I have to be all in and I have to lose all the other parts of myself. I have since realized okay. that's not the case. Hence why we have a podcast and I write and all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, yeah, I felt that way too. And I mean, I, I was the same as Rebecca. Like it was like, basically I got pregnant with twins and was a freelancer and I was like, well, this isn't going to work, you know, um, for a while at least. And so I kind of gave up working. It was really sad and I didn't like it. So then I decided, um, I didn't like giving it up, giving up working. I mean, not momming. Well, I didn't like momming in the beginning because newborn <laughs> twins are just that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I remember feeling like I if I'm going to do this, I have to be really good at it. And I have to prove that I'm really good at it. So I have to like make baby mm-hmm. food. And like, it was just, it was a way of like validating my existence kind of like, if I'm going to be just, you know, quote air quotes, just a mom, then I'm going to be like a really good mom. And I'm going to like work my butt off. Yeah, And mm-hmm. that was like my thing. And so of course, then something like painting or something fun that I like doing, it was like, I don't have time for that. I'm a really good mom, like all caps, RGM, really good mom. Really mom <laughs> yeah. um, but so yeah, similar experience, but yeah. Well, I also think that, you know, my kids are now school age too. So hers, hers are still younger. She's got her, her twins are four, but mine are, are school age kids. I've got a rising fourth grader and a rising first grader. So last year was my first or year that I had them both in school full time. And I remember thinking, so what happened to me was when they were little, I, I had in my brain, well, one day I will get to those things. And mm-hmm. then that one day came around and I had lost myself so much. I didn't know what those things were anymore. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that has been, and it has been, I mean, I'm still in the transition of that. Like, what does it look like now? What is it like yeah. now that I have more time on my hands? And, and of course they still need me. And I still a huge chunk of my time is mothering, even though they're at school all day. And, but it's still, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting once you try to like dig out of that. So my question, I don't, I didn't write this question down, but this leads to this question. So when, when your kids are young, um, how do you keep that from happening? So when you get to the age where they're gone, you're, you're not like, uh, now what do I do? Like it's there, it's almost this, um, it, it, it like, I remember when they both went got on the bus the first day last year and it was like this overwhelming feeling of now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. how do you not, how do you get to that, that day? And it's like joy because you've kept up with all of this stuff. That is who you are. I don't know if that's really a question, but more of a conversation topic. <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. A hundred percent. I think it's so common 
but, but yet like such a private struggle for so many moms, because I think there is this sort of unvoiced stigma that like to be a good mom, like you were saying, like we feel this pressure to be all in with that and have that be our whole deal and do it the best or to be like a career mom and like do that. But like, but this interesting space where you're like, you're wholeheartedly mothering, that's like always a priority to us, but also trying to cultivate and uncover like our own passions and our own creativity. When you have one foot in both worlds, which I think is part of being a wholehearted, healthy human. Yeah. It's, we feel guilty. We feel like we're mm-hmm. one's taking away from the other and we can't do both. And that's like the whole reason why Alana and I do this podcast is because we just want to like debunk that lie that it's selfish, that it's frivolous, that it doesn't matter, that it's taking away from you, your role as a mom. Like if anything, we would advocate for the opposite, that like it's going to make you a better mom if you feel more wholly alive and like you're doing the things that you're meant to be doing and the things that bring you joy. But I don't think it has to be some big life shift. I think that's like we get it in our heads, like A, we have to figure out what it is have a clear vision. We need to be like an expert at it before we even try. We need to have a plan. It needs to be some big thing. And it's like, really, it can just be as small as like making 20 minutes in your day for play. Mm -hmm. Like what's something that you do for fun when there's no audience and when there's no agenda, like just starting super, super small. I think, especially when you're home with little kids is there's a lot to be said for that. Well, I think sometimes that season of life, you know, I mean, there, when you have a newborn, like you kind of do have to hit pause on your own pursuits, but I think a lot of us hit stop and Mm -hmm. we don't pause it. Right. Like, it's like, we're just like, uh, but I think if we even went into it with the mentality of, cause I mean, I, I feel like if I had gone into it with the mentality of like, this is just like, um, what is it when you're at a play and there's intermission, 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 you know? And I'm going to come back, but I went into it like, I'm a mom now, the end, bye, yeah. bye, Rebecca. And I think a lot of us do that, but it's, yeah. I think we need to get that mentality. Like, it's just a, it's a break yeah, for a minute and then you come back to it. Yeah. Well, and I, I am one of those people. I'm definitely an all or nothing type of person. So like if, if, if that, if my, so when, when I stopped working outside the home in my head, without even knowing it, I, I was like, okay, this is forever. Like, and this is my life forever without, instead of seeing things as seasons, which um, I'm learning more and more about how we're actually in different seasons of life and different things happen. And, and, and we can find our identity and who we are in each one of those seasons. It's just going to look differently how we pursue those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I wish I would have known all of those things (laughs) when my kids were younger, which is what's great about this conversation and what's great about what you're doing. So even though most of the four of us are kind of getting out of that season, hoping that the people listening that are in that season will 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 take um ownership of that and and see that they have freedom in that i i think another layer of this is what gets talked about in the church um, about um the way um a mother is supposed to look and i and i don't think it's ever it's not sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's not so i can remember being in a um mothering um class or like a you know a mom's group not mops but another mom's group local mom's group and i remember the woman one of the women leading the group who um you know had like teenage children so she was like more of like a mentor type saying to the whole group we were talking about travel or something like that and traveling with our husbands or traveling with our girlfriends and she was saying I think that like just this time in your life you just need to put a pause on all of that 
Um, and like, you should just focus on your kids. And like one day you'll get to travel again. And then it was set, that was brought up again when we were talking about like doing like service projects or something. And, and like part of it was, she was giving freedom of you are a stage of your life. So you don't have to take on all of this stuff. But the way it came across to me was Mm -hmm. that was if I was going to be a good mom, that I would give up all of those things Mm -hmm. and I would stop doing all of those things. Because if I leave my kids to do those things, then I'm a bad mom. And I don't think yeah. that was her intention, but, um, but that's the way it came across to me. So um, I, I think that there's a whole nother layer when we talk about being a mom in the church. So yeah. <laughs> what, do you think? Oh, for well, sure. I, gonna, I think there's a fine balance there between like there being, so there is pressure. I think if you're a stay at home mom, like nowadays to have like a side hustle or an Etsy shop or like whatever. And I mean, re- I remember feeling like, is it okay that I'm just doing this right now? Like, is this okay? Because I was still doing creative, like fun things, but it wasn't like going towards anything. It was just sort of like me doing it. So I think on some level, it is good to give freedom to the mom who's like, I want to literally take care of my kids and I don't want to run a business and I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do this. Like, this is enough. So I think there's like a tension there because I also feel for that mom who I've been where it's like, is this enough? Do I need to go like, I don't know, sell soup in the weekend or something? I don't know what I do. <laughs> that was the real thing. I was going to have a soup business. Um, she's a chef. Her a chef. She's a chef by trade. So, but so. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I do think there's a tension there, but I think you were about to say something, Alana, and I, I just think that so much of it comes when we look to other people for what we should be doing. And I think anytime, and it's natural, right? We want to make sure that we want to validate that we are a good mom and that we are a good wife and that we're doing what we should be doing and all these things. But I think what it comes down to is when we are being, when we are the best version of ourselves, when we are doing what makes us come alive, whatever that looks like, whether it's selling soup or whether it's just being a mom or whether it's whatever it looks like working full time, when we're the best version of ourselves, then we're the best version of the mom we were made to be for our kids. Mm -hmm, And that's really what it comes down to is when we stop looking for validation from everywhere else, the church included, and we know that who we are as a person, then we can be the best version of a mom. Yeah. And it's hard to do. It's not right. It's not easy to, to do that. It's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, I mean, what, what are, some excuses you think that are common that people have about not pursuing their passion? Alana, what is the number one we always hear? Time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have time to plop on my couch for like three hours and watch bad YouTube videos. I have time for that. (laughs) Right. Right. Because I'm 17. (laughs) All the things we hear hands down, that's number one. I mean, right, Alana, I think another big one is, is the guilt is that a lot of women and moms especially feel like they have these dreams or ideas or passions or whatever kind of in the peripheral of their mind and their heart, but they're not sure if those dreams and passions are too big or too Mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. And so they're afraid to really look directly at them or ask God about them or explore them Mm -hmm. um, because it's just more convenient to wait you know, until it's convenient, (laughs) but that time may not exist. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. So time's a big one. Time's a big one. What do you think's another one? A time you said guilt. Money. Guilt, money. Money. Money's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just like you were saying, like the lack of needing a whole plan before you even like step foot. Like, yeah, yeah. this is like the animal driving by your headlights thing. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And I also, I think for me, like a lot of my excuses have been, um, well, if I can't do all of it, then I can't do any of it. Cause once again, I'm all um, or nothing, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I can't fully be invested in something, whether it's a hobby or a job or a ministry or whatever, then I can't do it at all. Um, so I, this is kind of, kind of happened. This doesn't have to really do with this, but, um, you know, before, before I had kids, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have long, luxurious time where I'd drink my coffee and I would pray and read my Bible and journal and all of this stuff. And then I would get ready for work. And like, so all that obviously went away when I had children. And, um, I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to do any of that stuff now because I don't have time to really do it instead of, you know, we talk about in Hope Writers about cracks, you know, instead of doing those things in the crack, like just grabbing a cup of coffee or just journaling here or just praying here or just reading here. I felt like if I couldn't do it in the way that I did it before I had kids, then I couldn't do it at all. Like it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah. So I think that could be, that can like move over into um, the way we think about, you know, creative pursuits or whatever. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, but that's kind of a time thing. It's kind of a all or nothing thing. It's kind of if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. You know, yeah. and it's intimidating and it's putting yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It's the risk involved with yeah. like creating something and putting it out there and being all vulnerable about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of wonky feelings that come along with that. For sure. For sure. And so I think that like everybody feels that risk, but it, it's like being a mom is such a good excuse to not face it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. And it's like sometimes we don't even, that's why I think this is a good conversation because I think sometimes we don't even know what we're thinking or feeling. We're just sort of like, I know I'm not doing nothing, but I don't know why. I don't know like, why I'm resisting it. So I think it's good to kind of like get honest with yourself. Like, what am I actually resisting here? You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's funny. Cause I can, I can see I'm super into the Enneagram and I'm sorry for all of what are you guys? Oh my gosh. Oh. You're obsessed with the Enneagram. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yes. Because I feel like our poor listeners, I bring it up every single time. Okay. What are you guys? Amber, what are you? So I am a four wing three, and Me so too, I which is what Rebecca Cochran is. Yes, yeah, that's what I am too. What? We have three in the house. Okay, and Rebecca, I'm a two. three, and I think I wing four. I'm not 100 okay. oh, percent sure on that, but I'm a th- I'm a three. That so so I can tell. Okay, so you guys obviously are starting a podcast. This is about- why we all have a podcast. Probably is that three <laughs> wing. You know, otherwise yes. none of us would be doing this. <laughs> so, but the the fourness of of the creativity, like putting that at the forefront, like like you guys, even if you don't know it, like you feel that that's missing. Like, even if you don't can't put a finger on it, you know that that's missing. For yep. me, like, the reasons why I'm not being creative have a lot to do with accomplishments. So, yep. like, like I was saying, if I can't do it perfect, then I'm not going to do it. Or if nobody's going to see it, then it's I not creative. With that too. Then it's not yeah. creative. Like, so that's the other thing of being a mom and you, like, you may have a creative pursuit, but it's not out in the business world or it's not out there publicly because you're just not, you're just not there yet. Or, it, but you're still, you, you still know that you need to pursue this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like that was a lot of, that's a lot of writing for me because I'm still not published yet. And so a lot of writing for me as well, I shouldn't do it even though it, it, strikes a chord in me and helps me be creative and it's a creative pursuit because I'm not getting published or X, Y, and Z is not happening. So obviously I'm just not supposed to do it. And so mm-hmm. it's just funny how our Enneagrams play. I know. Play That's that. crazy. Yeah. Both four with a three wing. That's yep. good. That would explain why you guys, when you met and talked, you're like, yeah. oh, that's so funny. That's really it. funny. Yeah. We love it. We like are such verbal process with each other, processors with each other, but it's awesome because I know that like she really gets where I'm coming yeah. from and vice versa. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not awesome. a verbal processor. So 
I, I process everything internally. And then once it's internally perfect in my brain, then I want to talk. Then you can I'm a say talker it. <laughs> and I'm extroverted, but I have to all be perfect in my brain. And then I will process it instead of processing in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're too, you don't want to be vulnerable and have somebody not, or you don't want to like find out a surprise. Yeah. About what you're feeling. Like yeah. you want to like have a, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So that's, that leads us to, okay. So even though we all have this like four part of us, um, I think everybody, I think everyone's kind of like a pressure cooker. Like we all have this creative stuff. And if we don't like do something with it, it's either going to blow up our kitchen or we're going to have to like release the valve and like let some of it get out. Right. So what, um, what was my question? What do you think happens? Like, if we don't even release the valve, like what can that look like in your life? Cause I think I've seen it where like, I'll just be on edge all the time for me. I'll just get be really like, I'll be angry and bitter and like irritable and I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, okay, I'll need to sleep more. I need to cut back on caffeine. I do all the things. And it's like, a lot of times I just need to like be creative to like release that stuff. But I'm wondering for you guys, like what, cause I think a lot of people could hear this podcast and be like, sounds great. But they could even still think later or they could think like, well, it's not hurting me. Right. Like, how do you know it's hurting you to not be creative? That's I guess that's my question. Yeah. I think all for me, it's all the things you said, especially having a spouse in the military too. where, you know, his job comes first. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of that is, you know, resentment, bitterness, um, anxiety, um, distraction, because I'm trying to mm-hmm. fill what I would normally fill with my creative process. I'm filling it with other stuff. Yeah. And so... I think a lot of that for me, that's what it looks like. And for a lot of years, it wasn't healthy and it, you know, it didn't until I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm, cause I'm same as Amber. I always thought for years, well, I don't sew, I don't paint, I don't draw, you know, art, art didn't look, creativity didn't fit into that box. And so, um, yeah. So for me, that's kind of what happened. And then when I'm at my healthiest is when I'm able to put all that stuff together and I'm able to work in the creative process. And it looks like a lot of things, you know, it looks like for this podcast and it looks like, you know, taking time out to, to talk to other women and cheerlead them and, and um, root them in on what they're doing. But yeah, Amber, what do you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, all the things you said, like I get edgy, I get irritable, I feel off center and off balance, but I don't really know why. Um, and that's just me now. I feel like after years of trying to already cultivate this within myself, I feel like probably five years ago, it looked like just feeling a frustration and a guilt because I I felt a longing for more in my life, but I didn't even know that a creative outlet was the thing that I was lacking. Like I didn't even have the vocabulary to put to that. I just felt like I love being a mom. I love being a wife. I love this part of my life, but why do I still feel like there's something missing? And it's because I wasn't embrace. I wasn't like exploring my creativity really at all. I was just not even acknowledging it. I just thought like, I'm not creative. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I think it's definitely damaging to who we are as a person. There's, I mean, there's a very specific pain that stems from feeling like we're missing the mark Mm -hmm. or like we're, you know, we're missing something that we're meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, for me, it's funny that you guys talk about the way, like the bitterness and feeling off centered and all the four words you guys just used. <laughs> all the feeling words. All the feeling words. I'm like, I, as you guys were talking, I'm like trying to think of a word for my feelings and I can't yeah. think of one because I'm not good at that. Um, I'm like, I don't know. I have feelings. Um, and maybe I have feelings. I don't know. They're somewhere down there. But mine, so mine's definitely, I get stuck in a comparison trap. Mm-hmm. So if I don't, if I don't pursue the things that I feel like I'm called to do or meant to do or like created to do then when I see other people doing those things um I will start to feel envious or Mm -hmm. jealous um of of where they are and and see them as more accomplished than I am um and then or I do the whole distraction thing so I do the well those things make me it makes me feel feelings that I can't do those things or don't know how to do those things or aren't sure what that looks like right now. So instead of like talking about those things or trying to figure it out or journal about it, I just watch five hours of Netflix because that's just mm-hmm. easier. Right. So mm-hmm. I, those are the two extremes that I go to. I do that too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's definitely a lot of mine is and, and really digging down deeper into it. The more I think about it, like it's just this, this feeling of like um, I'm not worthy and so, or that I don't have worth or value. And so when I don't pursue the things that I feel called or gifted to do, then I don't feel valuable. And how that plays out in my life is then I um, start to feel like my kids or my husband don't appreciate me mm, or yeah. um, nobody appreciates what I do. And then you like, it like spirals into this like martyrdom syndrome, yeah. you know, and then yeah. comes the resentment and bitterness and all of yeah. that for sure. Yeah, I think it's a form of self-care. I think creativity is like, it's work, but it's also play. And it's mm-hmm. it's a part of like making room for our whole self. Because I think whether, you know, whether it's motherhood or whether it's a career change or a divorce or a new path in life you're taking, like, oh my gosh, I just totally lost my train of thought, you guys. It went directly out of my head. We can <laughs> pause y'all it, it and you just sit here and think for a sec. Total brain fart. Just you were lost saying, it. Um, it's you a form a of self in your life. Form of self care. Oh yeah, that like whether whatever that season of life that you're in, it's easy to feel like that's become like your main identifier, right? Or like the final chapter in the story that God's writing for you, and it's never the final chapter. Like you were saying earlier, Rebecca, it's seasons. You know, yeah. so like whatever season you're in it's okay to be in it. And there's, you know, certain seasons have very real limitations of time or opportunity or money or whatever. But I still think even in those seasons, there's small ways that we can embrace creativity and make room for it. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be fancy or flashy. Um, but it's just part of keeping ourselves well, yeah, you know, I like what I like that because I have this. I don't know if y'all are like this, but I have this tendency when I'm like dissatisfied with motherhood to be like, "Well, I just need to go get a job." Like that's the she answer. does do that. I'll I get do. boxes. I'll get boxes from her. She's like, "I think I'm just gonna go back to work," and I'm like, "Depressed." Which, which, like maybe I need to, right? Like I don't know, but it, it seems like culturally and in like some relationships, like if you say I'm not happy, like people are like, Oh, you just need to go back to work. Like that's the answer. And I think sometimes we do make it such a big thing, but there are like little things we can do. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be big or, and I mean, I'm not, I, I probably need to go back to work eventually, but, <laughs> but it's not like the, it's not the like 
the trap to get out of whatever my issue is at the moment, right? Like it's not going to fix it. So it's like, I feel like in all areas of life, like the more I learn, I feel like a lot of times the answers are small and like 10 degrees from what you're doing. They're not these like big, like crazy changes. They're not cutting your bangs, right? Do y'all do that? Like, oh, I should, I need bangs. Yeah. I, you guys are just, I'm like I'm like what are you guys talking about who, who cuts their hair over there there's like this four thing I think when your life is in shambles like I should be at bangs that's the, that's the answer <laughs> yep it's a real thing a real I have bangs thing. you guys can't see us because we're on a podcast but I've got bangs right now it actually was not a hasty decision okay, I yeah. love my bangs it's not always it's not always and my, my hairdresser my hairdresser actually came on one time to do an episode for us talking about hair it was like basically it was like I always have to question women when they come in and they say they want a drastic haircut because I'm like are yeah. you okay <laughs> what's happening in your life right now <laughs> let's, let's do therapy first <laughs> but anyway like yeah it doesn't have to be this drastic change I think a lot of times when we're unhappy we think it's some big thing that we need to like mm-hmm. completely overhaul but a lot of times it's little stuff so she, yeah. so Rebecca Cochran does the whole I'm gonna just go back to work and I do the I'm gonna go back to school so like, I'm just going to go get another degree because that's what I need is another degree. If I have another right. degree, then I'll have like direction in my life. Like right. that's always what it is. I don't really know what that degree is, but like some degree out there is going to get me to the place that I need to be to like feel like valuable and that I'm creating something. Right. And yep. that doesn't mean that oh, doesn't don't mean that I don't need that. I think that mind, but what we're saying is there are yeah. small steps that get you there and it's not yeah. always like the radical yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy answer. And that there doesn't always have to be a specific goal attached to our creativity. Like we don't have to do something to make money. We don't have to do something to get more followers on Instagram. It can be just for the purpose of it brings you life and it brings you joy. And that's still just as valuable. Yes, absolutely. I think if there's one lesson I've learned in like this, this lifestyle, I'm going to call it a lifestyle lifestyle of living um, creatively is that, I've had to use my limitations as like my advantages. Does that make sense? So like I right now I'm solo parenting. My husband is stationed in a different spot. And so I'm doing it all. And so I only have, we were talking earlier about chunk time and crack time from Hope Writers. And I only have little cracks of time, right? To get things done and to be creative. And so um, using those to my advantage, using those limitations to live into that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really helped in a lot of ways, my mindset probably more, which is exactly what we're talking about, right? This idea of like, it always has to have an end goal or we always have to, you know, there always is something better out there that can fix it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like the idea of like crack versus chunk because let's just be real. As moms, I can't listen to you say crack without <laughs> sorry. But like, dude, we have these slivers. Does sliver make you feel better? Yeah, slivers of time. We know what we mean. We know our own truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because as moms, we mostly live in sliver time, right? Does that yeah. make you feel better if I said that? Now I think you're saying Slytherin. <laughs> so, but we, it's a very you can say crack. It's not very often we have chunks of time right yeah. I mean it gets more so as your kids get older but even then but like, then you do and you have a panic attack and you're like what do I do I only I have an hour what do I do and then you don't do anything because you're so like <laughs> <laughs> so so 
I, that this just goes back to, I'm just like really terrible about using the slippers of time, the cracks of time, whatever you want to call it, Rebecca Cockroach, whatever makes you feel better in your adolescent mind. Um, <laughs> but like, you only have like these like little bits of time, right? And so I just don't see those as like valuable bits of time. Like that may be enough time for me to like move the laundry or it might be, I can get in a 30 minute show. You tell I have a problem with Netflix. Um, so like there's enough You're time. You're speaking our language. Yeah, there's yeah. enough time for that. But, um, but I have to, these big creative pursuits and this has been hard in the summer, right? We can all speak to this with the summertime, right? But you just don't have as yeah. much of that chunk time. And so I just assume that I can't do anything. Yeah. Because I don't have these chunks of time. So I can't be creative. It reminds me of working out kind of. Like, you know, like, oh, I don't have time to, like, do a whole hour-long thing, so, so I'm not even, I'm just going to, like, be stiff and not move my body at all because I don't have time, you yeah, know? Yeah. But it's like, you could do some <laughs> jumping jacks or whatever, I don't know. Something. Yeah, you go for a walk around the block or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's so real, though, that concept of, like, well, if I can't do the whole thing, eh, there's no point. Nothing at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But really, if we would just, like, yeah, do a little bit of it, it would be life-giving. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So in my head, like with writing, for instance, I don't, I don't think that, you know, if I have a big chunk of time, then I can write a thousand word blog post or a 1500 word blog post, or I can write a chapter in my book proposal. But in a, in a sliver of time, I may be able to write an Instagram post, but I don't see that as much of a creative not as noble of a creative pursuit does that make sense and so yeah so then I don't see those at like I do those things but I don't lump that into the bucket of like my creative pursuits I lump that into my bucket of I you know whatever I don't know what I lump it in as but like I don't when I, when I think of like creative pursuits I'm like well it wasn't a part of my manuscript or it was it didn't go on my mm-hmm. website or was it content for the podcast or whatever it was just these little bitty things or the, you know journaling for five minutes or whatever but I don't see that but like when all you have is those slivers of time and you do those, those all add up, right? To, yeah. To um, yes. bigger things. But you can't go so. into it with a productivity mindset, which is what? kind of like what yes, I think you, you guys are saying. <laughs> like, I have to. <laughs> that, I mean, like, I think cre- creativity can produce productivity, but if you're trying to make that happen, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. not going to happen. Uh, yes. So true. Yeah, for sure. So what are some, I mean, we're talking about using like, crack time um what are some other like little steps people can do to i guess you know yeah you're, you're struggling aren't you you're like, you, really- keep, you keep saying it like looking at me like don't laugh or- <laughs> so gonna laugh so anyways what how can we use our crack this is too good yeah how can we use how can we use the small bits of time yes to really like, like even figure out what it is we want to do creatively. And then from there, like actually doing the, well, I have a question before I answer that. Do you think creativity is an attitude you can take? I kind of feel like it's an Mm. attitude you can take toward your life. I don't think it's like a separate bucket. I think it's sort of like a, like a posture, a posture. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I think we're all creative. If you're a human person, even if you don't think you are, you're creative in some way, shape or form Mm. that can look literally a million different ways. It can look like, food arranged on a plate or organizing or writing or having a keen sense of humor or knowing how to make people feel welcome. It can be a million things. Um, I mean, we have so many ideas on like ways to start small, but I think one of the things is to just pay attention to what gets your attention. Mm -hmm. What do you, 
what do you love doing? What do you get excited about? What could you talk about for a long time and never get bored? Mm -hmm. What gets you fired up? Like just pay attention to the things that are triggering for you, either good or bad. Um, listen to the people in your life who know you the best, like a sometimes best friend or a husband. We always say sometimes we have the most trouble reading our own labels mm. and we overlook the things that come naturally to us because they come naturally to us. And we just disregard them yeah. as like, well, this doesn't really matter. This isn't yeah. important. Point. Yeah. But so often those are the things that other people are like, oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. it's like, you know, light bulb moment. Yeah. And even to just get creative with how you're creating, creative like mm -hmm. if you have to swap babysitting with a friend so that you can have two hours to literally like sit and look out a window and just like think or dream or do whatever it is like I think we can get creative with how we are creative yeah what about you Alana what do you think I think sometimes you just have to start you just have to follow mm -hmm. the love like mm -hmm. whatever and it, sometimes that can be scary because of all the things we've already talked about before, putting yourself out there, not having a plan. A lot of it is our, as we've talked about our personalities, but I think sometimes you just have to start, you know, if I wouldn't have started writing um, and, and started a blog, then it wouldn't have led me to where I am today with podcasting and the work that we do here. But um, I think sometimes it's just starting something, anything, and then kind of following and see, see where it takes you, you know, a pivot when you have to. Um, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to say, okay, well, this isn't working or I'm not enjoying this anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to change it and go over here. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any resources that you really love besides your wonderful podcast? Yes. Oh gosh. Well, what's our, I mean, we do have one favorite resource. We laugh because in our podcast, our listeners are probably like a permanent show note at this point is talking about the Enneagram and also MYP Freeman. MYP Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we love it. We're like EPF, just, she's a great resource. <laughs> I feel like for that intersection of creativity and soul care and, mm. and sometimes motherhood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. for those of our listeners who don't know, um, her podcast is called The Next Right Thing. And I think it's, I mean, just in the title itself is, you know, and they're short. So speaking of frat time, they're short yeah, episodes. Yeah. And, and it is the, like, just like the title suggests, it's like how, how to make a decision to do the next right thing. Yeah, it's and, decision making. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, good. yeah, it is. It would help with that. Any other thoughts on resources? I'm trying to remember the exact name of one that I did, a book I did that was super helpful. And I know that partially the name of it, um, but I'm going While to you're looking that up, totally have, blank. A book I love is called The War of Art. Have yes. you read it? Mm -hmm. Oh my yep. gosh. Highlighted okay. literally yes. every page. We'll put that yep. in the show notes. It's yeah. so good. And totally. yes. Another one is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yep. If okay. you're looking That's to spark right? some help. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay. What is, like, what is that one about she she kind of just talks about a lot of the things we've been talking about today she has this idea that um creativity will come and find you oh, okay. and if you pass it by then it'll go on to the next person um but it's just a really great it, her book is really kind of like low stress like stop putting so much pressure on yourself you know um and I, I just think it's a great spot to start I always read it at the beginning of the year yeah uh the artist's way 
Oh yeah. The artist way is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So the artist way, and it's actually more of like a, um, a course, but it's a book and it's like a workbook. Um, but so the subtitle is a spiritual path to higher creativity. It's written by Julia Cameron as in, um, the director Cameron. What's his first name? James Cameron. No. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Cameron Crowe. No. His last name's Cameron. That's the first name. Yes. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Real popular um, back in like the 80s and 90s. Um, Anyways, it doesn't matter. Her Uh, Cameron? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) We're going to throw out all the Cameron names. Anyway, James Cameron's like the only one I know. Anyways, so he, it's his wife and they're together anymore. That's not the point of this. But she, her her whole thing was she taught lots of classes on like being able to, it's mostly to help creatives get unstuck. Um, yeah. whether you're a musician or a painter or a writer or whatever, it's helping them get unstuck in like when you're blocked, like how to get unblocked. Mm-hmm. But I, it also was super helpful for me to go through it. I didn't really feel stuck or, or blocked as much as I didn't really know what I was supposed to be pursuing creative creatively. And she does, a, she has a lot of like exercises for like figuring out going back to your childhood and like processing like yeah. what it is you really love to do. Cause I think that's another part of it too, is that like we have, you know, when you're younger, you have like all of these dreams and you kind of know what you love creatively. And then, you know, family pressure, culture, yeah. going to school, yeah. feeling like you need to like have this certain kind of career, all of these things cloud out what it is you truly want to do and what you're truly gifted to do and what you're called to do. And like, we have to go back to what that is. And I yeah. think that's a really good starting point. And I, we talked, we, you know, just going back to what Amber said about, um, you know, what, what makes you feel alive. But I, but sometimes like for me, that's a very ambiguous thing. Like what, I don't know what that means. So being able to like go through actual exercise to figure out what it is, like that's how I figured out about writing because I actually loved to read and write as a kid. I like words were my friend, Mm -hmm. like I loved it. And then I pursued all of these other things. I went to school for different things and everything because I felt like that wasn't a worthy thing to, Mm -hmm. to pursue. And then I do these exercises and realized when I was a child that's what I love to do and like re- now I'm going back and like reinventing that what does that look like and so I think doing these different like exercises to process what it is because then there's a lot of women out there that know that they need to be creative or should be creative but they don't even know what it is there's pursuit right yeah 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 because we do we, we put creativity in a box because I am of, of the four of us I'm sure I I am the least likely to be creative in the traditional sense of creativity like she, she was even saying when she came over for some reason when I came over we're talking about braiding hair and she was like you don't know how to french braid hair I'm like I don't even know how to french braid hair I can't do anything with my hands I anything, don't anything anything related like she's a chef and she paints and she like you know decorates things and arranges flowers and I'm like none of that like I can't do any of that stuff so I just automatically assumed that meant I wasn't creative mm-hmm. um and I still think that I mean I still am struggling with that that yeah. I'm not a creative well being. I mean it kind of gets to the whole like you know we're a Christian podcast and I think that living into who God has made us to be is sort of like partly why we're on earth right I mean we're like figuring out yep. this life thing and I mean I think about it a lot, like how God didn't have to make, there's my dog, Murphy. Dang it. He went this whole time. Um, (laughs) Y'all hear him? He's so loud. Um, But like, you know, God didn't have to make everything beautiful and he didn't have to make food taste good. And uh, like just all the, the details and the thought and the, the joy that comes from, from him and from his creation that is so much more beautiful than it ever had to be to work. And, like, I just think of it that way in my own life. Like, 
I, mm-hmm. I get, and I think that is partially a four thing, partially a personality thing, like just wanting to make things beautiful and wanting to make things, but it's like, I don't know, I guess, cause they say the Enneagram, every number reflects part of God. So I think creativity can come in. Like, what does it say? What is this, a three reflective God? Oh. And that's your creative. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's a tie yeah, there, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, like, no, I agree. Yeah. Every, um, so I don't know. That's a thought if you're stuck, like what is your number say about who God is and then how has God like uniquely wired you in that yeah. way? So, yeah. cause like my husband's a one and he, like you were talking about organizing things and being efficient and like, he doesn't think he's creative. And I'm like, my house would be a disaster, but he can look at it and be like, this needs to go here. And like, we need to like move these things. And like, that's creative. He doesn't see it that way, but it is. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think everyone has that for sure. Yeah. Mine's more of like, leading people and directing like that's more of like on top of writing but like you know when I really feel alive as kind of in like a leadership kind of position and I would I would never put that into a creative box by any stretch of the imagination the podcast has helped a lot with that Mm -hmm. but um because it is a creative pursuit that's not tangible get Mm -hmm. creative with your definition of creativity (laughs) yeah I mean that's honestly like that's one of the things like if you're somebody out there who's listening and you're like yeah yeah this all sounds really lovely and cool but like I don't know what my thing is like I legit don't feel like I have a thing I don't know what it is like the last thing we ever want to do is make a, a woman or a mom feel like she needs to now add pursuing my dreams and uncovering my creativity to like my list of things to do. Yeah. Like it's not an out there thing that you need to go find. It's an in here thing that's already there. It's who you are. It's just settling into that Mm -hmm. and acknowledging it and valuing it. um, And just leaning into it a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. such a good distinction. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Like these earrings, you talked about these earrings, my best friend makes them. And she, um, I remember when she was like, you know, I want to do something. I'm bored, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing we're all talking about. And, um, she's like, I want to make earrings, but it, it seems dumb. Like everyone can make these. They're not hard to make. So it doesn't count unless it's like, yeah, no one else is doing it and it's special. And she's so happy. She's been doing it for like a year now and it's totally like her little project and it's fun. And she's like support, like making money to help support her family and stuff. And so it's just, it doesn't have to be like, new and different and like innovative or even, you know, I think like, I don't know. I feel like we're such a competitive culture and I think of, I don't know, just like entrepreneurial culture is kind of seeped in and we all think we're supposed to have this like weird idea and go on Shark Tank and like, it's gotta be like, (laughs) it's like, it can just literally be anything. But yeah. yeah. I was speaking of Amber's comment on, on like reaching out there versus finding out what's Mm -hmm. in you. Um, I'm currently reading it. Have you read Parker Palmer's book, let your life speak? He talks about, so I'll add that in the show notes too. So good. It's about, um, it's about vocation and finding your vocation. So, but you can, you can put it into the bucket of, of creativity too, like finding out what your passion is. And like his, the first couple chapters about how like we're trained as even young children to look outside of us to figure out Mm -hmm. what we're supposed to do. Like this whole idea of calling it something calling at us instead of the calling being within us and who we are. Mm -hmm. It's so good. So we'll add that to the, to the list of resources. And I'm, Julia Cameron was actually married to Martin Scorsese. She was actually married to Martin Scorsese. But I always get confused because I knew she was married to a famous director. But I'm like, so I always want to think it's like James Cameron. But I'm like, it's not James Cameron because her last name's Cameron. Anyways, because she never changed her name. Anyway, she was married to Martin Scorsese. So fascinating. I have that book and I haven't read it yet. So y'all are going to be excited to read it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Okay. Anything else? Any other thoughts? You guys have any other things you want to say? Last, you know, 
last words. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up on your podcast. Oh, there you go. Do you have any like series coming up or what, what should people tune into? Yeah, this, this fall we're, um, we'll release season two and we're super, super excited about it. We've got some great guests coming up, um, themes. We're going to talk a lot about, um, just being intentional in your, Mm -hmm. um, creative life, creative living. I don't know, Amber, what are you most excited about for the fall? Uh, well, I'm most excited slash freaked out <laughs> about Alana and I are hosting our first ever live podcast yeah, event. Yeah. You'll have to let us so we do that, this yeah. remotely. We don't get to see each other yeah. in real life, but I'm going to head to Idaho so Alana and I can have like a, you know, a weekend of work and dreaming and planning, but we're also going to host our first ever mom's night out live event in Meridian, Idaho, Fun. cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, a live podcast interview. It's going to be fun. Yeah. That's amazing. We've been talking about it or something like that. So we'll have to see how, how yours. Yeah. yeah. Take notes for us. <laughs> we'll be the we dummies. We will. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's great. So exciting. So if any of you are in Idaho, <laughs> which I right. don't think you are yeah. mostly in the Southeast, but if you are. <laughs> and you can find all the details about that just on our website. Just go to www.themomwantsmorepodcast.com and it's all right there. Yeah. And awesome. we'll link to all of that in the show notes. Yes. For sure. Um, and how are how are writing pursuits going for you guys? Anything we need to be looking for or? I mean, we're both just kind of plugging away on our, on our own projects. I have had a book proposal in the works for basically ever now. (laughs) (laughs) I've completely deconstructed it and rewritten it. And I actually recently sent it off to um, an editor friend who graciously said she would look at it and give me her feedback. So I'm just kind of waiting for that and for next steps to start getting an agent again and doing all that. Yeah. And no writing here. Um, I am podcast coaching. That's kind of been a new development for me. I love it. Helping women launch their podcasts out into the world, helping them kind of walk through their vision and gain some clarity there. And then of course, all the technical stuff that as, as hosts and editors and all that, you guys know very well. So yeah, that's kind of what we're both doing separately and then together. That's awesome. Well, that's a, that's a great, that's a great use of like, um, your creativity and your abilities to also like cheerlead other women who are pursuing their creativity. Yes. Which Alana yeah. does so well. She really does practice what she preaches and she is such a cheerleader of other women in their dreams. So if podcasting is yours, she's your gal. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> well, we will link to all of those things. Of course. Yep. Okay. Any other Fine. thoughts, Rebecca Cochran? I don't think so. Any crack thoughts? No crack thoughts. Thank you guys so much for having us thank on. So we much. enjoyed chatting with you guys so much. And we're just so appreciative that you opened your doors to have us. And hopefully we can do the same to you. Yes, you guys awesome. are so fun. Okay. So fun. Thanks. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.